0: Got something you're grinding on? You're listening to The Grind. The 100.9 SM 815 Rocky Time.
1: Tuesday to you and welcome inside the Party Pub Studios live here off, off Calderwood uh, as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Excited to be here. And uh, and, and guys, uh, it is March Madness. Today is no different, but man, it's pretty outside. You guys excited to, to kind of be inside talking a little bit? Yeah, I'm a little less enthused now that West Virginia's not in it, but... Well, things happen things happen we'll talk about how uh, necessarily Tennessee has moved on to spring football and uh, how West Virginia yeah we'll uh, we'll uh, have to look ahead to to some other countries play tonight and the lady balls play tonight too as well they uh, they are doing just fine they started at five o'clock today right oh, and they yeah. are playing Michigan uh, as as we speak let me uh, they are they hit off at the same time we did it's maybe a coincidence I think not but, uh, but, but, guys, how have you been? Last week, uh, I know Chris was beaching it up, uh, so he, he did not miss us last week. Uh, Carson was uh, on the road again. I was on the road. Uh, as yeah. He was making his way back from a vacation. Jeffy was uh, doing some housework, uh, maybe unplanned housework. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ward and I held down the Ford and kind of went through the round of 64, round of 32, and uh, really explained out why uh, we do this and we're not on ESPN. Uh, while we're not uh, necessarily yet. bracket yet. Uh, not electors yet yes, they're, they're gonna come beating down the door one day. I know. Now, here's the deal. there's four letter networks, other places I'll networks. make one but uh, but anyway, uh guys we're uh, we uh, are live at the party pub. excited to be here again, Brad and Lisa always a uh, cordial host and uh, let us come in and kind of crash the party every Tuesday we have fun doing that, talking a little sports. But uh, other sponsors that kind of get us off the ground, get us going, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group, Tressa Lequire with Realty Executives, Smoky Mountain Axe House, J&J Lawn Services, and uh, and uh, Chris Bowling Lane uh, jumped on board just a couple weeks ago. And uh, they, uh, they, of course, gave some uh, giveaway items. So yeah, I want to give a shout out to all those sponsors that make this thing happen. But uh, guys, a jam-packed two hours of sports. Is we're, we've got a lot of headlines to talk about, a good segment for headlines, a lot of things going on around sports, around March Madness, outside the, the brackets. But uh, the brackets is going to be a big part of what we talk yeah. about today, basketball, uh, how they, uh, they were short-lived in the tournament, but ultimately uh, what, what the, the future looks like for this Tennessee team. And then what does the future look like for Rick Barnes? There's a little teaser for that. Uh, got the bracket to talk about again in the second hour. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the the bracket and what that looks like now versus what it looked like a week ago. Uh, and then a little special teaser, also uh, probably the only radio show in town uh, that's going to have an ORU graduate uh, call in. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I have a family member that uh, is maybe the only ORU graduate in East Tennessee. So, wow! Uh, again, going to make that happen. Not often to the Golden be Eagles. Cool. Not often do the Golden Eagles make the Sweet 16, but he was in college the last time that happened, 1974. Wow. So it had been that long. It had been yeah. that long. Uh, which they've only this is only I think their third time to the tournament. So yeah. uh, again, another uh, another notch in the uh, Golden Eagle belt. So uh, anyway, headlines to be talked about: Lady Vols route MTSU in the NCAA tournament. Again, Lady Vols, the only team in NCAA history to beat all 39. Of the ladies' championships, the championship tournament. That's that's a huge statement to make in itself. MTSU, uh, as they played Sunday, I'm watching it. I'm grilling. I'm watching it. I'm grilling. And uh, halftime comes, and it's like 28 off. and I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, have we read our own paper clippings? Is this going to be? <laughs> uh, I mean, is this going to be Friday all over again? And uh, in the second half, between just the onslaught of offense and just lockdown defense. He runs off from them and beat them by 25. I mean, it was a it was a pretty good whooping in the second half. They set up a matchup tonight with Michigan. Uh, again, the six-seeded Michigan Lady Wolverines taking on the 17 and 7 Lady Vols. This is a big moment for Kelly Harper. I think an opportunity uh, to go to a Sweet 16, especially this would be her uh, opportunity to take three different schools to a Sweet 16. I think that's a monster, uh, but ultimately it is, it's another step in can the lady balls get back to the Pat summit level? And I think, I think tonight's a big, big step in that direction. What do you guys think? I, yeah. I mean, when you get some success, you know, people are going to see it. Recruits are going to see it. They're going to want to come play for somebody that played for Pat. And so, and and you, you know, they obviously are seeing that somebody learned something from her and they're having some success and, so uh you know, good. Well, That's I, the do it. I'll tell you the, the Pat Summit coaching tree. You know, when she got out of coaching, it, it was beginning to, to kind of cultivate. But now, I mean, you look at uh, there's several SEC coaches uh, that are off the of Pat Summit tree. Nikki Caldwell, or her name's Nikki Fargus now at LSU. Uh, uh, of course, Kyra Elsey at Kentucky now named the, the, the head coach after the departure there. Uh, actually, the the previous coach at Kentucky was a Pat Summit former coach can't remember his name for some reason but uh a lot of different coaches because kelly harper's having success uh and then of course other people uh have made their ways but
2: we got chris Wasn't kelly harper the first uh female coach that's led four different teams to the ncaa tournament she is
1: she is and and that's she's not the first to ever do it. she's the fourth coach but maybe the first in, in SEC, sec okay but uh but no it, it's it's an amazing feat for her and again to validate that point, to get four different teams, it, it mean, it would mean a lot to, uh, to push that to, uh, 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 to get to the sweet 16, to make that happen. So, uh, your boy, Jason Ward's listening. He made sure to point uh,
2: out that the lady balls will go down tonight.
1: Uh, th- I'm going to have to, I think even the best fall sometimes. And I'm going to hope Jason Ward falls tonight and not the lady <laughs> balls, but, uh, <laughs> Jason, gotta have faith, buddy. You gotta have faith. You gotta go with the Brand. What, what do you think, Carson? Yeah, I picked the women's bracket here. Did you really? uh, I Did yeah. And I mean, Way I've done pretty well.
2: I think I only missed about three games in the first round. Uh, I would say sometimes they're a little easy to pick. Seems like the higher seed always wins, uh, except for Belmont. Belmont got a huge win over a Gonzaga team. Um, I'll, I'll tell you round. this. I'll tell you this, guys.
1: Probably <laughs> awesome. twenty years ago, and, and again, I don't. Have, I was very young at that rate, but there was probably in my remembrance. I mean, there might have been five or six good women's teams in right. the country. Right. Tennessee was one. UConn, UConn was one. Stanford was pretty good. Uh, but over the years, I mean, you look at the SEC in general. Florida's pretty good. Uh, you know, Alabama has their moments. But it's more of they're, they're just a team that you're not going to roll over anymore. But UConn's still good. Stanford's yeah. still good. Baylor's good. Uh, South Carolina, what what, uh, what they've been able to do there for, for sustained levels. Uh, Texas is coming back to life. So uh, it's, a, it's a different dynamic now because the ladies' game has improved so much. But, uh, again, excited for the Lady balls, Wish them the best. And, again, tipped off there at 5 p.m. Eastern, so we'll try to get some updates as the game uh, goes through. The next one, baseballs. Again, we'll walk all the way around the sports world. Baseball, take down Georgia to open SEC play. I can't tell you when the last time was they won the opening series. Uh, I, I think legitimately it was like in 2016. But then we went on to lose like nine straight conference games. So Tony Vitello and the the Tennessee baseballs, I just think they're they're in the top ten in the country, which is huge. I mean, especially for a team that's not traditionally perennially a uh, a baseball school. You know, you're not in in the Southeastern Conference alone. There's South Carolina. There's Kentucky. There's LSU. All these teams, South Carolina, that that have, have had you know World Series championships in the last 10 years. So uh, I think for Tennessee and coach Vitello to really kind of weather the storm a little bit, you know, the COVID year and be able to keep some of the great players and do what they're doing right now. They went to Georgia and took two out of three from them. And honestly, that Saturday, that Saturday game, they should have won. I mean, it it was a, it was a tough loss, kind of a walk-off two run, uh, two run single there in the night. That's hard. I mean, how much you can do about that. Chris is a uh, is an avid uh, baseball fan. He actually had season tickets, what, two years ago? And uh, your son, Bennett, was yeah. uh, was uh, basically a, a junior vol super helper, right? Yeah, he,
2: he loved to uh, uh, fix the bases and got to run the bases. That'd be cool. Of course, you know, getting the ball every time, so that was his highlight. That's You're cool. Talking about the SEC, I mean, they're stacked. They got, what, five of the top ten teams. Or from the SEC?
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's where it's at. It's Murderer's Row. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of what football is.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be quite frank, yeah. uh, I mean Vanderbilt, Tennessee, like we yeah, talked I didn't about. Even say, Vandy.
1: I didn't even say. Baby. I mean, yeah, they're up. Here's, here's your top five.
2: Too. Your top five is Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Florida. I mean,
1: Vanderbilt's a baseball.
2: That's, a college yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's straight up what they are. I mean, they make almost the, they make the Final Four championship every year.
1: Yeah, and we're. Baseball. And we're the uh, we're we're uh, in our conference. We're we're middle yeah. of the pack at, at eighth in the country. Uh, well, I mean, in Tennessee Tennessee's been up and coming here with baseball recently,
2: especially the COVID year. Like we had talked about, they had a really
1: great season. I that think was beginning to start. I think last year, should that have been a, a year that was played to its you know fruition, that would have been a team that that could have made some. Hey, they could have, they could have rattled some change.
2: Courtney McKinney uh, just wrote on here: her, her father in law was a
1: former. UGA baseball player, and that win was extra sweet for her. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I bet it was Courtney. Uh, again, hold strong on the naming uh, on the naming rights there. UGA cannot be in the mix, but uh, no, it, it's that's huge. That's huge because Georgia has a – they have a tradition of baseball. So to be able to go down there and do some things uh, to get that that series win, it's one to take a game from them. Anything anybody can have that happen because in baseball. Uh, you know, you can have on days, off days, and, and it make it happen. But uh, I, I think for Tennessee baseball, if they can just keep steady as you go, what what the difference is, I went and covered a couple games a couple weekends ago when we played Georgia State. The difference between this Tennessee baseball team and others is other teams, one, one through four in the lineup was pretty good. And and then you you really went, well, they're going to pitch around that guy. They're going to pitch around that guy. And then, it's you know, they get back to the top, and we might have a chance. Now, every guy that steps to the plate can put the stick on it. I mean, they can do what they need to do to get on base, and then they have timely hitting, which I think in even at any level of baseball is, is big. You, you know, it's one thing. Oh, man, we, we stranded 19 runners tonight, scored two. You know what I'm saying? It, it's about when you need a hit, you get a hit, and that, they're able to do that uh, all the way up and down. And then what I think is cool is it still building it? There's a lot of young talent, but they have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday pitches, and that's something that in college baseball, it's hard to develop just because when they're good, they get drafted here in, the, in a couple months, but uh, I think Tennessee's got a pretty good uh, good stretch going. Yeah, I do, too, and I, I think it's fun to watch them. I want to go around and see if I can get in a game here and there or something. And, it's uh, uh, it's basically liquid gold. Uh, You you have to go on the old vivid seats, and uh, conference games are are rough.
2: They got an LSU matchup this weekend, Mm -hmm. and the average ticket's around $200. (sighs) Never mind.
1: And you yeah, say like, I mean network. usually, usually you get mission. in those games every time. A <laughs> that's, speaking to my good
2: ear, that's general admission tickets where you just sit somewhere on the far left or uh, behind third base or first yeah. base. And get in where you fit it. Yeah, oh, cool, two hundred dollars cool. uh, uh, game cast. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm all right without paying that money. I mean, back in the day before COVID, I mean, you could get into those games, walk up and buy a ticket at the
1: booth, pretty much. Yeah, it, I mean, now I will say, Jude, uh, that that. The, the series I covered for Georgia State, it was the same deal. Cheapest ticket I could find them for that one, non-conference, was $48, which was still a pretty pricey non-conference weekend game. Uh, Jude got there like three innings in, walked in. Three. Really? I'm like, maybe an idea. Just show up late, see if you can get like a half pricey. Yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe they don't even care about the game in the first three innings. Like you know, pitchers duel, boring. Oh, I will fourth inning free, yeah, and it picks up. And that's yeah, okay, buddy, We didn't have a lot
2: of ticket sales to go ahead and come on in. <laughs> That's when
1: the relief comes in. But uh, yeah. but no, I'm I'm excited about Tennessee baseball. I'm excited about college baseball, and I think it's it's for a lot of reasons. Right. It's for the fact that Tennessee basketball kind of lets down. Let's just be honest. Uh, it's because Tennessee football still has a lot of question marks around the uh, the uh, the sanctions and whatnot. And then uh, ultimately, it's just something to get me, get me, get me to summertime. So, uh, but uh, talking about spring football, guys, Tennessee is supposed to start spring ball this Thursday. Uh, big moment for Josh Heupel. Big, uh, big transition time because we're going from um, you know downbrow beat you defense kind of attempt uh, to Josh Heupel forty-two points a game average. Uh, been able to score wherever he's been, whether it's been Utah State, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the sky is is not falling at this point for Tennessee. Uh, a lot of questions have, have been asked. You know, Henry Toa Toa shown back up on campus. I, I feel like you don't travel back to the East Coast unless there's a good chance you're going to stick around. But uh, a lot more questions as far as guys going to – are they going to step back out of the transfer portal? Or are they going to get in line? But uh, I think Josh Hype will steady as you go. I think he's building – a little bit of culture. I yeah. uh, saw a video there the other day. It was his birthday. And, uh, and, and Jones and those guys had a yeah. cake and was, you know, it was, here's the deal. If you don't like your coach, you could care less to get him a cake. And, he, and he's that's been there just point. a couple months and they're, they're, they're making that important. Yeah. So I think he's got a culture going there that that's pretty impressive. But, uh, what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Carson. What do you, what do you think? Uh, one, what are your expectations for spring football? But then, two, what do you think we're actually going to get? I think he's ready to
2: go, and I think I
1: think a lot of respect has been earned
2: by him. And, I mean, a lot of people could say, well, that, they're just making it look like that on the media. I think these players are really, really drawn to him. Uh, he brings out a personality that we've seen over at UCF that a lot of players like. They missed him uh, when he left. I mean, he was a big deal there. A lot of players can relate to him. I think he does a great job focusing on the players and getting them what they need um, first. And I think I can see that in him. I think I can see a future with him. I mean, I hope so. Uh, I know he wasn't the guy that was at the top of the list circled. But I think with him in that press conference, I liked a lot what he said about getting this team back together. And that's one thing we have to do is get this team back together. You're going to have some players that I think some of the players that, you know, decided to leave. Left, and I think some of the players that stayed and played with Henry maybe had talked to him, man, I really like the the environment down here is good. I, I mean, I'm hoping that's what the, what happened to get Henry. If he is coming back, we don't know for sure. But like you said, it's a good sign. But I think he's hoping – I just hope he makes the environment um, around Tennessee football just exciting again. And uh, just bring, it, bring an atmosphere these kids want to play in, and I think that's
1: what he's doing so far, and hopefully he can continue in the spring ball. So, Jeff, Jeff, you, you know, you, we're going from a Jim Chaney – somewhat let's just air quotes this led offense because i I still don't feel like jim cheney had the range to that offense. I don't think so. but you you come out of that offense you've got a harrison bailey uh who is is very much prototypical he can run but he's a pro style guy you've got Caden salter coming in you've got the hooker kid from vt uh, virginia tech coming right. in you've got uh, brian mauer who i think's the x factor in this whole josh Heupel. He wants a gunslinger, and, and, and Brian Mauer's definitely that. Uh, do you think we got a starting quarterback coming out of spring ball? Uh, yes. And, and, and do you think I you think think, have an announced starting quarterback? I think you will. Really? I, 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 and the reason I say that is because I think he's, he's trying to get past the games. He doesn't want – he wants to have a clear direction. He wants to make sure everybody knows where he's going. He wants to make sure that his guy knows he's the guy. Not any of this. We're going to start somebody, and then we're going to bring in JG, and he's going to play the rest of the game. And I mean, and it worked. You know, it, it 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 did for a few games, but then you saw last year it didn't work. But he stuck with him, and it just wasn't going well. Right. And I think he wants to make clear decisions. I think he wants to make sure that everybody knows what their role is, and I think that'll be important moving forward. Because you don't really know what kind of team you're going to have. You've lost players. You've, you've got some people coming in. You've got some staying, so you know what you're going to have there. But new coach, you know, it's, he's got to get his stuff in place. And I think they're going to look good in some games, and in some games they're not going to. And everybody's just going to have to take a step back and say, okay, this is kind of how it's going to be. But, you know, support them. Root them on, and and don't give up on them because they lose to Alabama by You know, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. I, I like that. I like the take, uh, Chris. You know, you, you were part of some really good football teams. Like, is how big of a deal is it to lock down that, that quarterback and and to have a leader that's not necessarily holding a whistle? Uh, I, I think it, it could be a big big deciding factor if he names a starter. But the problem is, is I'm not sure when Hooker and those guys are coming in. And, and if he's going to give them a fair shake at the starting job, I'm not sure. Well, I think he's definitely got to try to figure
2: out which quarterback he wants to go with because Bailey's more of a pro style. I mean, Absolutely. he's going to sit in there and be a gunslinger. But you look at Hooker, I mean, he was one of – there was only five quarterbacks. So, what, 2019 that had his TD run ratio – the yeah. other one's being Trevor Lawrence, and he yep. wasn't able to play last year too. So yeah. it was it's the fact that like it shows up, especially in the ACC, competing against some quarterbacks in the 2019 year, which we had some really good quarterbacks, and him being at the top of the line, like Chris says, yeah. uh, I, I think I think that's a pretty good deal uh, for K- yeah. for Kendon. Uh, but I, I think mainly I agree with what you said uh, about him picking a quarterback. I mean, if you look at the past quarterbacks he's had, he's had a pretty good starter in Drew Locke, Mackenzie Milton. Um, he was a solid, stable quarterback. And then Dylan Gabriel, the past two years with, under UCF, he was the starting quarterback. Injuries and all, he didn't rotate a lot. Uh, and I think he finds that guy. Uh, yep. I think he I finds agree. that guy, and I think he tells the Tennessee fans and everybody out there who's going to be the starter. And I think he does that before the season starts. I agree.
1: Uh, I, I could like that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in the playmakers that comes out of this. You know, this deal because I really still feel like Tennessee. And here's orange glasses coming out. I really feel like yeah slide them on but I still feel like Tennessee if you look at who they're going to roll out there the first series they're still a really good football team. They're still a pretty good offensive line set up there. There's still some really good backs. I know Eric Gray's the the guy that's went to Oklahoma and you know you're you're really looking at you know he's going to be electric wherever he goes. So there's a void that's got to be filled there. But you signed the number one JUCO running back this past class. There's other pieces there. T Hodge from is still over there. Uh, lock him in. I tell you, a guy uh, when it when it came game time and the lights came on, I'd give it to him. I just heard a report out of a ball
2: practice saying that they were trying to convert him into a linebacker. I ain't a lot. That's nasty, right there. Six-two, 228 is what they had him listed wow. as. He's a as big kid. I
1: saw him on the. I saw uh, him at Maribel at a basketball game. Yeah. He's got the speed for being a running back. That's, yeah, that's me and edge. me
2: and Wayne had seen him probably what
1: twice at marable basketball game, and
2: I think he's gotten bigger oh, and bigger. Yeah, when, we, uh, when he stood up beside me that one time, I said, "I'm a big guy, but he's a bigger guy.
1: He's a dude, man. He, that's he, dreams edge." But yeah. but what I'm dream's saying is when you when you look at all the pieces, they've still got playmakers at different positions. Like uh, you, you look at the defensive backfield, the coverage's not bare there. Now there's some unproven talent, and there's some young recruits there. But again, sometimes freshmen got to blow out, you know, got to show out sometimes. And I think this coaching staff, unlike the last one, and, again, I think there were some good coaches on that staff, is, is there is a lot of uh, – yeah, he's a dude. But uh, there is a lot of people that says, listen, we're going to rep stuff, we're going to rep it a million times, and you're going to go out there and play free. Uh, we may make a mistake, but we're going to do it going wide open. And, and you got to love and that. that. I mean, what that. You want. as a player, you, you know, you, you want that. You want to be able to – for your coaches to say, you know what, we're, we're gonna, we believe in you, and, and we want you to, to have success. And is it going to happen right off the bat? I hope so. Uh, but I, I, expect, uh, I expect a very uh, exciting offense to watch. Sometimes it's going to click, sometimes it's not, and sometimes we're going to be in a dogfight to score points. But uh, it's one of those deals. I think uh, Josh Heupel is a guy who likes to turn over every stone to figure it out, and I like what I see.
2: I can tell you for sure it's going to be different. Uh, the <laughs> offense is going to be different, a lot different, and I mean I'm fine with that. Honestly, Heard it I've been upset with the, uh, I've been a little upset with the offensive game here in the past, and I mean that's that's with the head coaching and coordinators and everything like that. But I think uh, it goes back to where who Hypo bring it, who Hypo is bringing in too. I think um, some of the guys that we had talked about before in the past couple of months about offense coordinators he knows, quarterback coaches he knows, bringing them in. We've already seen that offense at UCF and what they do, high-powered passing offense. I think they could bring the same energy to Tennessee, and it will be a little bit harder playing against teams like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, those defenses. But I think it's going to give us a better chance to score rather than run the ball.
1: But I think you look totally. at it, his, his two years, and Chris was wanting to get in there, but you look at his two years in Missouri, he took them from, like, I think, 92nd to 13th in his first year and took them to sixth in the country yeah. uh, the next year in scoring offense. So, uh, he knows how to institute a system and get it in pretty quick with the talent that's there and I like that cuz I'm a I'm a fan of get your guys in there and understand what you can do with your recruits but at the same rate those those guys that are there when you get there are still on scholarship you got to do yeah. something
3: with them they, they got to play
1: what you got I mean
2: I, I was just going to point out to me a big turning point for coach Hyde was the latest uh, incident that happened with three you know players and his first thing was his, he, he said he was very disappointed in them because he hire, ha, holds all his players to a higher standard, for, 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 eh, first and foremost. However, he said, you know, he they're still young men. They're going to make mistakes, and he's going to be there for them, even though they're not going to be on the football for, field for him.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's one of those deals like, um, you, you know, when you make mistakes, there are some repercussions. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I do think that uh, recruits' parents watch – those kind of reactions, uh, you know, prospective recruits watch those kind of reactions. And and if it's one of those, it's an iron fist, wrong is wrong. And you will pay. That's not a, I'm not saying that's wrong way to be, but that's just, it's hard to recruit that way. And so, uh, again, when that's that's a baby out there, well, exactly. And and the thing is, is, uh, that there's a level of trust that that comes with with being out there. So, because again, Henry Toto case in point, he's not, you know, he's not a local kid. I mean, he's from California, so there's a little bit of, I don't know what happens in Knoxville at night, you know, mm-hmm. neither do I. But uh, anyway, it's one of those deals. There's a there's a level of trust that comes with that, and I think when you make statements like that, and if you follow through with it, you know, that's yet to be seen. Uh, I think Hoppel can uh, gain a lot of grace there yeah, uh, in a lot of exactly. ways. Uh, but last, uh, headline topic for, for tonight's show, Bristol on dirt. You know, I only talk racing probably three times a year. Daytona 500 and the two Bristol weekends heavily. And that's just because uh, when it's this close, you got to be happy about it. Bristol is, is an experience all its own. If you've never been, you should. I don't care if you like car racing or not, get there. Uh, world's half, fastest half mile, and I believe every minute of it. Uh, this weekend will go on dirt. first time since, I can't remember when. It was back in the early days of racing that there was a dirt track in, at the Bristol Motor Speedway. But they've now filled it with dirt from seven different states, uh, they've let local drivers, late models and, and such, really flatten it down. And then last weekend kind of christened it with the uh, Dirt Nationals, live from Bristol Motor Speedway, where they ran a full weekend of races. And by the end of it, I watched the final there Sunday night, where Davenport uh, won $50,000 uh, to, to kind of cap it. Uh, there was black marks on dirt. Uh, like it had they, Are they running slicks or have they got tread? They're running like a late mo- model tire. It's it's got grooves to it, but it's, I mean, it's a race tire. Now, okay, so with them on dirt, are we going to see, like, drifting stock cars? Straight up. Like, that's the only way to go on dirt. See, I'm going to the truck race on Saturday, and I'm just excited because those guys, a lot of them came from dirt. So, I mean, I feel like they're ready, but also they're the more aggressive because they're trying to get a ride. I'm just, I'm tore up about it. Well, they're if you are going to be beating the crap yeah, out of me. Google them. it because, it's one, it's a ton of dirt. Like I'm, I told my buddy Josh who I'm going with, uh, I said, they'll never get all that dirt out of there. And he's like, they're going to have to
2: by the fall. Well, did you watch any of the crate model racing? I mean, you had 20 cars out there, and they were three lanes deep, you know, side by side. It was just incredible to see.
1: Well, and when they do that little, they, they do like a processional kind of thing right before they get it going where they go four wide all the way around. Yeah. That was cool. Because, I mean, it's Bristol Motor Speedway. It's an infield unlike any other. I mean, you don't go to dirt tracks and see, you know, an infield that'll hold 43 tractor and trailers. I mean, it's a, it's a different look. Right. And the fact that they were ripping around through there, I think their their fastest lap time that I saw was 15.16 in the half. Wow. That's moseying. That's moving right along. And uh, Carson is about to be indisposed at the moment. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we all are here. I mean, you don't need all that. <laughs> but uh picking up some food from the party pub, man, it's uh it's pretty amazing. Uh we may actually have to get a break. But Bristol on dirt. Uh the the bigs are gonna be, of course, uh Kyle Larson will have his, his time. Uh I think you'll you'll see guys like Kevin Harvick step into the truck race. Uh you know, Clint Moyer would be really good and fitting in this, but he's not running this weekend. Uh what are you guys expecting out of out of Bristol on Dirt? Well, first I want to say
2: uh, Bradley just chimed in. For Did he us. check in? Yeah, he he's dealing for sick baby, but he's listening and like
1: hey, we talk we talk racing on here, Bradley. Yeah,
2: he was wanting to uh, shout out to uh, Ross White, the local guy that came in second last week in the Cray Model racing behind Austin Dillon.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. His fiance Kayla's older brother.
1: Really? Yeah, that's a, a that's a, a pow yeah, <laughs> small uh, small town there. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, Scott Bloomquist from Mooresville, uh, or Horsburg, uh he was also pretty fun about uh, about all that so uh, excited about that but uh, I feel like we have some uh, some food switching to be done so maybe we take a break let's take us a break all listen right. to these fine sponsors when we come back we're gonna flip we're gonna go basketball for the rest of the show basketballs to talk about the fall the the collapse that was the Oregon State game what does the, the fallout look like from players all the way to coaches Kim Inglis got hired away today we'll talk about that. And then ultimately, how does this affect Rick Barnes? We'll talk that, March Madness, on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind right here from the Party Pub. You're listening on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it.
0: Are you looking for a place to unwind
1: and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Then slide on over to the party pub at their brand new location in new Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The party pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends. Watch that big time fight and catch that big orange game on one of the pubs. 12 big time TV the party pubs kitchen also has a jam packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings. And believe me, it's all great tasting food. Call-ins are welcome. Kitchen open each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time
0: and can't wait to see you. Again,
1: check out their new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blount County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
4: I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a sign. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
5: with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table.
1: The grind on sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the Grind Time Hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. From Blunt County to all of Knoxville, this is WKVL 850 AM and 100.9 FM, Maryville. Rocky Top Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no. I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media, with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud, so you can grind it out with us. On social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download The Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
5: The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maribel is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group home ownership dreams become a reality.
0: Do you want to hear your business mentioned on this show?
5: We can make that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's
1: wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's wayne at
0: thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind. On one hundred point nine FM eight fifty a m Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back to the Party Pub Studios here live off Calderwood right here at the Party Pub in New Midland Plaza where we are uh, not only grinding it out, but we are grinding on some uh, some Party Pub food, man. Guys, give a little shout-out to the pub. What, what are you guys taking in on right now? Awesome. So, so I've had today I got
2: boneless wings, All right, Boneless wings. Last Farm week Garland, or right? two weeks ago I got
1: this ham
2: sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then the first week, what did I get? Pizza. It was the pizza. It has right? not missed. It has not missed, right? Yeah. three
1: for three. It has been three for three, hot, hot shooting. Hot now, shooting. now, Chris is a—he's a sampler guy. Chris, I think you've gotten the sampler twice, right? Yeah. Did you get different components today? No. You're just consistent. Yeah, and he's a know.
2: consistent guy. He gets the same thing at
1: the. What you got? change. I got the
2: pickles. The. Uh, Wings
1: and the mozzarella sticks. Big time. And, Jeffy, what, what did you I'm take? I'm not See, far off from Chris. I guess. See, I'm really cool because I just, I'm, I'm like community. I'm yeah, like one piece from here. <laughs> works out for me. But what's up, Jeff? What you got? I did the boneless, the mozzarella sticks, the mushrooms, and the pickles. Oh, oh man. And they're all fantastic. Nice. And the, that Chipotle ranch is yeah. good. Yeah, a little shout-out to the Party Pub uh, kitchen. Here tonight yeah. as uh, they are feeding, feeding up uh, everybody. Just, just nice. But, uh, but guys, want to want to give a little shout out. The next segment is going to be brought to you by Tressa LeQuire, uh, Realty Executives. Uh, she says takes it from the kitchen table to the closing table, but she'll meet you anywhere in between. A realtor that will work for you respects the the local. Uh, again, factory worker, you know, county executive, whatever you are. If you need a home, she's going to tell you what's good and what's bad about it, and then she's going to give you that honest feedback. So. Again, Tressa Lequire, Realty Executives Associates. Uh, she's who I would use if I was to uh, be in the market again. Now, again my, my wife would kill me if we were in the market, <laughs> but we're not. But uh, Tressa would be where we would go. Give her a call if you need that service, 865-221-5610. Again, that's 865-221-5610. But uh, moving to basketballs, uh, Tennessee, again, Friday night, Friday afternoon after work. Uh, kind of fell apart against Oregon State in the first round of the NCAA uh, uptick. They make the NCAA tournament, but downtick. Uh, they don't have John Fulkerson. The heart's that not in it. And uh, and Tennessee fell apart. Uh, just just uh, basically a wire to wire letdown. Uh, what did you guys see?
2: Uh, I was at work, unfortunately. Nah, right uh, I didn't even get to see. Well. I was at work, yes, fortunately. But if Tennessee would have won, obviously I wanted to see the game. In general, uh, I didn't get to see a minute of it, uh, sadly. So, I went. obviously I went to the box score, yeah. went to the highlights, and all I saw was just embarrassment. Uh, at the first half, it's an Oregon State team that we see now. is actually halfway decent. I mean, it's a sweet 16. Here's my prediction. I didn't want to pick Tennessee out in the first round, but uh, Oregon State was hot, just won the Pac-12 tournament. Pretty exciting team. Was working well together. They're on fire. They're coming into a Tennessee team that struggled. Heartbreaker in the SEC tournament. Has not been mm, very good here late in the season or middle of the season. Pretty much the whole season was kind of a disappointment. Coming in, 12 seed, which Oregon State does not play like a 12 seed. They're just that way because of the record. But, I knew it was going to be a struggle to beat them, uh, especially the way Viscovi at the point guard position's been playing has not been too not been too sha or not been too good. So I was kind of I was kind of not expecting the best out of Tennessee, which I mean that's what happened. Uh, Tennessee would have played the way like I think you said earlier in the second half they played a lot better, but it's a team that had a lot of potential just didn't play right together. Uh, Rick Barnes had said about two days I think he said on Sunday the team was not. Their head was not in the game. They were a little scared of the first round, a little too big of a moment for them. That's what he his words were, and I think that was all true. So I don't know. I, w- I would say it was just a pretty disappointing game and uh, pretty much caps off what the season was, sadly.
1: Yeah, and Jeff, uh, you know, we, we talked about Fulkerson being out for the, the opening game and possibly was going to be out this whole first weekend. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the impact. I, I felt like they were playing without heart. And I think Fulkerson kind of played that part. He's the local kid. A lot of aggression, you know, maybe playing above his, uh, his measurables, if you will. Uh, he's not in there. I thought uh, Ponds was really uninspired. Uh, I didn't see much from the young kids. It was almost like they, uh, you know, they had a foot in the pro day and, and you know, a foot in the tournament. And uh, I just I didn't like what I saw from Tennessee just because uh, a team, and, and again, a couple years ago, Admiral and Grant, a team that that probably wanted to play together as much as they wanted to play somebody else. Uh, you just didn't see that from this group. Yeah, and and this is something a little bit you and I talked about earlier too was this is a Pac-12 team playing the whole conference is playing better than I think anybody expected. Yep. And well, they've only played like thirteen games a year, so well, uh, they're they're just a little more rested. What goes back to like what we were talking about is. All anybody saw all season long was conference teams. You didn't get that mix of, okay, I'm going to see a little bit of different, you know, adversity here and there. Yeah. And it makes sense that you get a team that plays better in the second half. Okay. Now we see what they're doing. We're going to make adjustments and we get better. But the problem is that first half you dig yourself a hole and then you can't get out of it. And it is too little too late. And I think that's what a lot of teams are seeing you know, they're talking about all these
0: upsets and
1: things like that. And I think it's the fact that they're running into teams that they've not even seen and they don't know anything about. And they're just, they're having to contend with stuff on the fly. And it's, it's hard to do, especially it's it's hard to to fix yourself when you're in the moment,
5: you know, you you don't
1: have that muscle memory. You don't, you don't have that, that video that I've seen this before or, you just and you're learning on the fly, and it's hard to do, especially on a stage like that. So you're saying it's hard to check yourself before you wreck yourself. It is. It's amazingly hard. To,
2: I uh, <laughs> I would I would agree. I think I think we looked at a lot of teams. I mean, we never got to play the Gonzaga team.
1: We never got to play them at the
2: in the year. I think it was COVID issues or something around there. But uh, the team, the difference between that Grant Williams and Admiral team is they wanted to win. Um, I'm not. Saying I, mean, I think teams, they just hated to lose. They did. You ever, they, you ever they did know so that difference? and they played so well together, so well. And this team was doing their own thing each and every night. Uh, had some had some weak links here and there. Had some players not playing as what we wanted them to. And then, uh, I mean, it was just it was upsetting, especially with Folksen going out. I think that was a big blow. Um, and the cool thing about that was, though, Mike. The NCAA didn't do anything to that guy. And Mike White, the Florida head coach, this this guy that elbowed Folksen in the face is a sixth, seventh man. Mike White, the coach for Florida, sat him out the whole Just tournament. Just did play him, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty big move. Good for him. I thought that was a pretty good move because, uh, because
1: it's an NCAA March Madness tournament. Any coach could have been like,
2: NCAA and, didn't do anything and about the it.
1: NCAA I'm should have stepped in and they said, this is not going to be tolerated.
2: This is not USC. This, this is not USC. Right.
1: It wasn't a basketball move. No. They, there was no they, nobody was going for the ball. There was none of that. He took one, and then, okay, one's not enough. Fine, you get the second one. Yeah, and you know it'd be different if he had a rebound in his hand and he was throwing right. elbows. I, I get that. Get off me! But for none of that to be happening, this yeah, this it, was a three-shame on the NCAA because they should have done something right. and they did. And and, and likewise, I doing it. That was there great. was an apology and there was an accepted apology and that's fine. But outside of that. Uh, there still has to be the governing body says we can't let this happen. Right, right, Tennessee just lost this player, and he had to have surgery.
2: He had to have surgery, yeah, and a that, concussion and a fractured face, that, and
1: that's that's another level of oh yeah, he, he you know he took a bump, okay, big deal. No, he had to have surgery. It took right.
2: the coach for the team that the player was part of yeah. to say, hey, we're not playing you, which is a big move. I, I, I earned
1: a lot of respect for my. I'm not a. I no, never they, really they,
2: knew much about Mike White.
1: Well, like, I think Danny said, you know, you're, it's going to be hard to come to the family reunion next time if, if you do <laughs> this. Yeah. I mean,
2: it was something that I thought when they said about it on when I was watching that Florida Virginia Tech game, and I said, this is a team that this Florida team does, could could need him. I mean, a, a player like that off the bench could could mess up some things, and to put him out like that is a big is a big uh, big credit to Mike White and that Florida Florida yes. head coach right there. I thought that was a big move, a bigger than basketball
1: move right there. So, so Chris, and I agree with that. I, I think it was a great move, but, but Chris, question, uh, you know, and and this is something that I wrestle with as a Tennessee fan because, to me, it's always going to be underachieved. I, I think you can look at any team and go, "Man, we just had such high hopes," but we're Tennessee fans. I mean, we we put the pressure, we put the PM pressure, but uh, y- you know, it, it's just one of those deals where. This team was supposed to be great. This team was supposed to be a Final Four team. Everybody, even even those who supposedly don't have orange glasses, said Final Four. Did they know that? So I, the question is, and I want to see what Hips says first, because he's somewhat of an unbiased source. <laughs> uh, underachieved or overhyped? I think they were overhyped. I mean, you go into a season and they were,
2: you know, well, preseason top 10, everybody said with the players returning as in Fulkerson, Ponds, and then the young uh, five-star players coming in, Springer, and, you know, you had Josiah James returning, too. So everybody thought this team should have been a contender, but there just wasn't no con- continuity. I mean, there was no – I don't want to say there was no admiral. There was nobody that wanted to take the big shot. you see seen how many passes did they give up on open shots
1: and, 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 yeah, I think that's a great point. How many admirals, you know, not having an admiral. Uh, I just remember, if you think of any great team, right, you know, the 98 balls, Al Wilson. Yes, Philip Former was the head coach. Yeah, David Kletko was, uh, was the offensive coordinator. But the reason people did things the right way is because they didn't want to look their teammate in the face and have to be let down. This team was, uh, was basically led by, by Eve Ponds, who is, is a silent kind of person in, in general and John Fulkerson, which we we may never know the full gamut of what was going on with John, but uh, between an injury, COVID, and and, and then just a lack of fire, I can't explain it. It was a different-looking basketball team. To build off what Chris said, and this is why I asked, did they know that? Yeah. And, and, you know, talent. They had talent. The problem is when you have a team with Schofield and uh, Jordan Bone and – you have those players yeah. that they want to win. It's it's like what you said, they want to win. They don't you know, they right. they they have the confidence to know they oh, can't. Right. Now you have this team, did they know that?
0: Right. Do they
1: have that confidence? Do uh, they have that confidence in each other? Well, and I think uh, they were motored through two freshmen. I, I think anytime time, you know, that's kinda like you know those houses at the beach, you know, they have the legs that go, so they don't get flooded? Right. That's what this team was built like. Tell they me were this, built on though, shaky legs.
2: How many games did you watch where the Vols
1: bench was lacklustered
2: in, you know, celebrating? Minus the one seven-footer. I was down. gonna say. Now you're a good
1: always.
2: But I'm saying you didn't see that excitement. You look at these mid-majors. I mean, you watch the Loy- Loyola's. You watch the uh, Ohio's the together. Roberts. Them guys are jumping up and down. Yeah. Yeah. They're making little helmets with, like, their water bottles and yeah. stuff. Every I mean, there's th-
1: excitement. They, they, for they, yeah, they hang on every possession. That's what I loved about that Oral Roberts and Florida game the other night. Was well, It was like eight minutes into the game, and Oral Roberts, like, they hit a three, and yeah. I thought the whole sideline was
2: going <laughs> to yeah. fall in. Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, you look at the preseason rankings in basketball, Tennessee, yes, they were hyped, but who wasn't hyped that didn't succeed? Duke obviously was a top-ten team coming in at number nine, didn't make the tournament. Kansas, a sixth team in the nation, eh, average season. Virginia, four-seed, loses first round. I mean, That's North Carolina, top thing. 25. <laughs> but the what more my point here is, is the preseason is usually never going to be right. And Tennessee being overhyped, yes, so was Duke, so was North Carolina, so was Kansas. You just never know. You never know in the NCAA basketball. And the team, Viscovi, didn't have a great season. Fulkerson didn't have a great season. Hans played great in the early, all the way through midseason, late season. Don't know what happened to him. Like you said, Wayne, with, with Keon and Jaden, it seemed like they were running the show. Josiah James played about the same as last year. We expected him to be better. He's, he's, he's Jordan Bowden 2.0. It is. And, and he is he's better coming off the bench. He comes comes at one game, plays insane. The next game he looks like he's never played basketball in his life. That the team was so inconsistent on every side of the ball and every player was pretty much inconsistent. It just was hard to win like that. And it was tough. It was tough this year. But I, I think I think when you when you talk that preseason Tennessee did not play well. I mean, even when Tennessee was ranked number one with that Grand and Admiral team, they lost at number one. So sometimes when you're overhyped or over-talked about too much, that can hurt you. Gonzaga, yeah. has, that can make an argument they've been one all season. Well, who have they played?
1: Well, that, that's exactly right. And, and you kind of, you went right down the path I was heading. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I'm going to start with underachieved. Here's the deal. John Fulkerson, in the form that he played late last season, where he was ripping through Kentucky, where he went through the SEC tournament and was literally like, "Well, let's back up the late part of the SEC season because we didn't get to go to the SEC tournament a year ago, but I mean just just the unwillingness to be defended that that John Fulkerson played with what what that looked like if he would have played at that level, no 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 progression played at that level, Tennessee's a better basketball team." Yeah. Eve Pons, Eve Pons, defensive player of the year, had swatted one in every game uh, all of last season, didn't swat one the first game of this season, and then kind of got back on track. But he regressed. He was still a defensive presence, and I, I'll still say it. I think he took a few points off of the other team's total just being on the floor. But he became an offensive liability. He was so enthused with trying to swat something or to put something in the front row he got out of position. He was coming back in transition and couldn't get in place. So, again, I think that's a level of underachievement. But, and Josiah Jordan James, like I say, I think he's a great player. I think he, he is a good player, but he is a three, four, five guy. He's not going to play well against some team's number one defense. He's not going to be the guy that pulls you out of a loss. He's just going to be the guy that adds to a victory. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where I stand with the the underachieved side. I think the freshmen are what they are. You get a freshman, they play like freshmen sometimes, and it just happens. But now the overhyped portion, I'm going to stick with that because I think they were overhyped, and I say that in the stance that we didn't get a non-conference slate. If this team in in the freshmen and the youth and the continuity that we didn't have, if they play Gonzaga early in the season and either play them close or get smoked. And all of a sudden, they look at each other and they go, hey, this is the number one team in the country. Well,
5: and we just got run out of the
1: gym. You have – normally the SEC and the Big 12 have a tournament together. Yeah. They didn't get that. Well, we play Kansas. We smoked Kansas by 20. We did. Well not, – Not everybody played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's just they didn't
0: see that. And, and I think – didn't get that. And
1: I think the dynamic of youth with the two young players, when the worst thing in the world that happened to us was beating Kentucky bad, was beating Missouri bad, was beating Kansas bad. Because then we looked at each other and said, we got this. That's all we got to do. That's the best we got to play, and we'll win the rest of them. Yeah. Because in high school, that's the way it works. Once you start beating good teams, you just continue to beat good teams. Well, right. in basketball, they watch film. You know, they do different things. And then they've got a bench that's, you know, all Division One players yeah. that, that they can build out of. And, and, and credit the SEC for really – Really tearing down Tennessee a lot this year. You know,
5: when you they look did. at
1: how we opened SEC play to how we finished, I mean, we, we beat Kentucky handily. They adjusted. They did some things well. They beat us on the flip. But, I mean, to me, no player on the balls that you could say, I can guarantee every
2: you he gets me 20 points every night. I mean, no. there was no Luca Garza. I mean, that dude went all out in that last game. 30, 30 36 points. Yeah, 36 points. I mean, there was no, nobody wow. you, you could say right. could score that many points for them. Everybody thought Fulkerson was going to be that leader that
1: was going to step up right. and do that, but he was he was up and down himself. Yeah, you know yeah, I, he 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 didn't he didn't return to pre-COVID Fulkerson all season. Right, I, I can't explain it. And
2: I, I think it goes to I mean Keon Johnson, James are both freshmen, and they were leading in points and stuff like that. And but I think there was a, also an issue. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Escoby this year. I thought he was kind of I think he got everybody's hair, be honest with you. Honestly, I don't know what, what he's doing out there on the floor. If he can't play any defense, he gets blown by every single time, and he only looks for the three. And they, this is all the coach has to do guard him on the three. That's all you have to do to him because he's not going to drive in. If he does, he's going to get swatted.
1: Guard him. Don't foul. Okay. He, it's,
2: he literally would dribble with his right hand, try to do a crossover, pass. Try to set a screen, pick and roll. He never gets a three shot unless it's a
1: deep one. And, and he really still doesn't have a good handle on the basketball. He doesn't, but, and
2: I don't understand. And that was in a, when you have when you have a point guard that's not playing the best ball. It's gonna hurt your team in general. I mean, I'm telling you, the point guard position is very important. And when we don't have a solid point guard there. Jordan Bone, I think, was a solid point guard for the Grant and Admiral. Yeah,
1: he became a solid point guard. He did. He he might not be that
2: way in the NBA, but it doesn't matter. This team, and I think it all goes back to this team, couldn't play together. The Admiral Grant Williams team was a group. This was a family team that knew exactly what everybody could do. When you bring in two five-stars coming into a Josiah and a fulkerson Pons trio, then it kind of mixes some things up. I think if, you know, how we've seen Baylor and Illinois they Illinois lost a couple, you know, lost the game here and there. Tennessee was losing every other week. And that's where it got to the point where I was thinking. Well,
1: and, and I think continuity, and again, you guys can speak to this being on teams before. Uh, together, being together right. is what creates continuity. COVID doesn't allow that. So,
5: yeah, yeah it was one tough. One
1: thing, that's why I'm excited for West Virginia is because, yeah, they had a second-round exit, but – they had a lot of sophomores on that team. Yeah. McBride is a sophomore. And in that game against their first round game, he dropped 30. Yeah, And true. so I'm excited. And consequently, that was also Huggy Bear's 900th win. You think he remembers most of them? Um, no. Maybe not. No. Maybe not. My, uh, my sister and my brother-in-law have met him a couple times. Mm. And he is fun to be around. No, I, that's what I've heard but uh, let's kind of close out this topic with this comment and and it, it's come up a lot. And it's something that uh, again, stems for me back from the UCLA days uh, when, when the money was there, he would have been gone. Um, How does this season reflect on Rick Barnes? Like I I'll be full, full transparency that, that I'm I'm not talking fire Rick Barnes. That is not, that's so, so far from what I'm saying. But to me, this is a this is a documented event. This is Rick. We just you're you're one of the higher paid coaches in America. Uh, we have expected a level of success. Like to me, and and and, and somebody asked me the other day, well, what's your expectations on his on his pay? And I was real quick to answer. Never. You should make the NCAA tournament every year. Agreed. You should finish in the top four of the SEC every year. Agreed. You should really never lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament because your seat should be good enough to good do enough that. To do that, yeah. and then I think you should. I think you should win either a regular season or a conference championship. One out of four. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's I out of the realm of possibility until the first round exit. And and I only the reason I only hiccup with that is because with this tournament especially, I don't think people were seated where they were supposed to
0: be. Well,
1: I don't and, either. And, I think
2: Oregon State's. I think Oregon State's not. And a here's the team. deal.
1: Here's the deal. They lighten that load by by getting the second win and getting into the Sweet Sixteen. I'll, I'll give you that. But but to me, if you're in the top four, just look at the conference. Southeastern, Alabama, LSU, where they were seated. If you're in the top four of the 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 bracket, most times in the Southeastern Conference, you should be a, a five seed at worst. You should be playing a twelve. The, you're going to win more of those yeah. than you lose. There's going to be the asterisks here and there. But I don't think any of those, uh, any of those expectations are poor. And I said, let's face it. He split his whole time at Tennessee. He split one sec championship regular season with Auburn played for a tournament championship against Auburn and lost. And so it's just one of those deals. I'm like, Rick, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm given all the reasons why this team didn't make it with the, uh, the, the freshmen and, and not playing. But, uh, same way I push back on on some of the defensive coaches for football, it's the coach's job to get this stuff right. It's it's when people scheme toward what you're doing, change what you're doing. Yeah, and so to me, uh, I think this does reflect poorly on Rick Barnes. I think this is a question mark when uh, when you know I guess Chancellor Plowman and Danny White kind of reviews the season. It's like Rick, how how could you have been better here? Uh, there there was a lot of things that was laid out for you. You didn't have to play Gonzaga. The number one team in the country and, and potentially hold that loss. Uh, I think uh, I think it was there to be had. Uh, there's several games like getting blown out by Florida, getting blown out the second time against Missouri. Some of those are a little uglier now than they, they were when they happened. But um, that, that's my take. I think I think it reflects poorly on Rick Barnes. Like I said, that's not saying because I think he is what we we need and what we have. But I'm just saying, Rick, uh, the the rope and the and the leash is a lot shorter now. Uh, that you're you're making the money you're making. It's a mark. Uh, I th- I agree
2: with that. I think it's something that you're like okay.
1: You, what'd you call those was... in elementary school? What'd you call those a demerit? A no, it's a demerit. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. If you get yeah. three of these, you're going in the hall. It's gonna, uh, it's yeah, fun.
2: I would say that. I would I would say I've probably heard three or four times at the beginning of the season when Tennessee was beating uh, teams that we were supposed to be beating easily. Uh, this is the this this team is more talented than that Grant Williams team. That's what I heard three or four times. Sports Center was I, all over. I think on, I think on that's, paper that's absolutely and, true. and that goes to the overhype, too. I think that that's what they everybody thought. I mean, even I thought that. I thought this team was going to be, I mean, two five-stars on a starting five team with returning players and a Wilkerson well, that we thought was
1: going to be something
2: yeah. else. I said, no doubt we're going to the Final Four
1: this year. You, you tell me. Take the jersey off. Take the, the orange glasses off. Take it off. If you say, if you say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to return the defensive player of the year in the Southeastern conference. You're going to return a second team, all sec. You're going to return a five-star sophomore. And I'm going to inject two more five stars. You feel like you're going to be pretty successful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's what everybody, I mean, it'd be stupid not to think that. I mean, but, Chris is a, Chris, is a Carolina fan. I just just sounds like a regular Carolina or Duke lineup right there. I mean, you, didn't work out this year. But one. I mean, like we said, the <laughs> <Yeah>. the disparity. <laughs> yeah, I man. mean, was just amazing across the board. I mean, Carolina, I've said many times on the radio, didn't have that local leader that they needed. Uh, their guard play was pathetic this season, to say it best. Duke, there was no leader. I mean, we saw that, and I mean, you seen Coach K? I think he grew probably about twenty years older. This season, I mean, I think he's ready to quit after
1: Game Four. Yeah, and he, uh, we, we saw him a couple of years ago, or I guess last year. Uh, He ain't got a whole lot of twenty years to add. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I just got a tweet. I just got a tweet notification on my watch, and it was from Tennessee basketball, and I'm like,
0: oh no, they've hurt us.
1: It wasn't. It was that wasn't what it was. It was it was congratulating Kim English. That's that's the last thing I'll say in this uh, transition, in this overhyped, underachieved. How's it going to affect Rick Barnes? Uh, he's got another spot to fill on his staff as, as Kim English, uh, assistant coach just for the last couple years after, uh, um, oh, why is his name escaping me? Who's the guy who left and went to Georgia State? Man. I've put a lot of the the reason why we've declined on that. But anyway, um, I'll remember it. I'll remember it in a second. But anyway, uh, he came in and replaced him, and has and, and done an admirable job as far as uh, recruiting, uh, developing, making it a, a kind of a player's atmosphere. Oh, I almost had the name right there. It was right there. But um, anyway, Rob Lanier. Rob Lanier is his oh, there name. there you go. He's the head coach of Georgia State right now doing a nice job. But uh, um, this is going to be a spot that's going to be a huge backfill for Rick Barnes because, again, you need, uh, you need a guy who can kind of bridge the gap. Rick is the, uh, the consummate steady as you go. He's not too overhyped on the sideline. He doesn't get real aggressive, but you need that guy that when timeouts come and Rick gives you the direction, you sit here and go decipher this out or or be the defensive guy, whatever. Uh, It's always huge to have that, uh, that first mate or that, that uh, assistant coach that, that makes things move. I I don't know who's on the, on the list. I don't know who's moving up, uh, but, uh, but the spot's going to have to be filled for the balls. uh, King, Kim English, former Missouri basketball player headed to George Mason, um, Shortstop in Knoxville, but uh, obviously did enough to be a head coach. I uh, congratulate him. I think he's going to be a pretty good coach. I think he's got a good, uh, anytime he's ever done an interview, I've, I've learned something about basketball. So good stuff, good stuff. But, uh, well, I think uh, we can uh, definitely uh, put that one to bed. Basketball is complete. We'll talk baseballs and uh, spring practice from here on out. But uh, bid adieu to the uh, Tennessee basketball balls as they exit the NCAA tournament ultimately lose to a sweet 16 team. So that, uh, that, uh, blow will get lighter and lighter as the week progresses. But, uh, let's take our second break of the day. Again, this segment was brought to you by Tressa Leakwire. When we get back, we're going to talk March madness for the rest of the show. Hopefully have a call in from a oral Roberts university alumna. And then, uh, again, uh, grind it out about what March madness is going to look like between now and next Tuesday. And then, uh, I guess make some picks that uh, we may or may not appreciate a week from now. But we'll do so on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind. Uh, We'll hit hour number two and pick a winner on the flip side of the break. You're listening, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it.
0: If you're looking for a place to
1: unwind and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun, then slide on over to the Party Pub at their brand-new location in New Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The Party Pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends, watch that big-time fight, and catch that big orange game on one of the Cubs' 12 big-time TV. The Party Pub's kitchen also has a jam-packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings, and believe me, It's all great-tasting food. Call-ins are welcome. Kitchen opens each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time
0: and can't wait to see
1: you. Again, check out the new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blount County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always
4: a good time. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary
0: School Athletic Association
4: and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
5: Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa LePoir with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot, and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa at 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa LeCroix appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to give you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa LeCroix with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table.
1: The grind on sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the Grind Time Hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. From Blount County to all of Knoxville, this is WKBL 850 AM and 100.9 FM Maryville, Rocky Top Sports. on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything to grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
5: The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maryville is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors where home ownership dreams become a reality. Do you want to
0: hear your business mentioned on this show?
1: We can make that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's wayne at
0: thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on one hundred point nine FM, eight fifty AM, Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the Party Pub Studios right here in New Midland Plaza as you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Ground. A little March Madness as we would have it. And, uh, again, welcome back. Uh, This next segment is going to be March Madness all the way, and it's going to be brought to you by Smoky Mountain Axe House. Again, owner Tim Fry is a veteran, owned and operated. Uh, He's a member of Mission 22. And, uh, again, Smoky Mountain Axe House, uh, a member of the World Axe Throwing League. You can check them out, Smoky Mountain Axe com or right down the strip here in New Midland Plaza, but it's top of the hour, uh, so we have to do a drawing. So uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna popcorn it as as Carson said. Well, I was shaking that pretty good and, before. Uh, so and so draw we'll us see. a winner here. Again, gotta be here to win it. So let's see what we got. We got we have Vicky. Oh, and we dropped it. Fumble, Vicky Pilgrim. Vicky Pilgrim. We will we will send our uh, our our moderator slash engineer here uh, to find <laughs> Miss right. Vicky Pilgrim. But uh, but again, uh, winner here at the six o'clock hour, she gets her choice of either a Applebee's gift card or a Texas Roadhouse gift card, and then I think uh, either one of these are the uh, activation guarantee kind of deals. But uh, we are trying to find Miss Vicky, so. Anyway, we'll send that around. And at 7 o'clock, we'll give away a grand swag pack. But, uh, Carson, huge uh, huge moment here as we move to March Madness segment. Uh, it is, uh, it's huge because or Roberts University, I, I, if you hadn't heard of them before this past weekend, you know of them now. Yeah. The, Gold, yeah. the Golden Eagles are this year's Cinderella. They're right there. Them and Loyola, Chicago kind of vying for that. Uh, who's going to continue the, the streak? Sister Jean. Uh, versus Oral Roberts, and, and, and like I said, it, it's a great story on both sides of the card. But one thing that we have or I have in the, in the wheelhouse is I have the opportunity to know uh, either either one of the only or maybe the only uh, Oral Roberts University graduates and Golden Eagle fans here in East Tennessee. So let's jump to the phone lines without further ado. My father-in-law, an uh, Oral Roberts University 1976 wow. graduate. Hey, you're on the grind. Hey, Wayne. Great program. Thanks for having me on. Hey, how about how about them Golden Eagles?
3: I'm telling you what, I was so excited. I didn't know what in the world. I, I didn't even watch the first half, you know, and then I heard that things were going well. And I jumped on there, and I got so excited, and all of a sudden, I was back to college again. And um, it was absolutely tremendous. We were jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. And after we won, I picked up the phone and started calling everybody on you and singing the ORU's fight song, <laughs> which I hadn't done in a long time. And uh, it was just absolutely thrilling to see us get a chance to do something so big, and especially with it being uh, around here. Um, it's always good when a Big Ten loses, and especially when it's Ohio State or Michigan. So that just made it even sweeter.
1: Uh, and talking talking a little bit about about your days at ORU back in the in the mid to late seventies, you were there uh, the last time they were in the Sweet Sixteen. I was there
3: during the break times. Yes, um, I showed up uh, in 1971, and uh, um, in my I guess it was sophomore junior. I really believe it was my sophomore year. Um, they uh, canceled classes and called us all down to the Navy Center. And anybody that was watching the other night, the Maybe Center was where all those wonderful kids were that were jumping up and down and losing their minds when um, um, when ORU won the ball game.
1: Is it true?
3: Is
1: it true they built is, a uh, they built a second one and called it the uh, Baby Maybe? Yes, that's, and that's what cool. that
3: was <laughs> the Baby Maybe was actually the television studio. At one time, the two and I want to don't want to get off track, but the two greatest telecommunication um, majors. Schools that you could go to in the nation was UCLA and Oral Roberts University. A lot of people don't know that's the unusual thing. Uh, when I got there in '71, um, uh, it was a 940 miles. Okay, two day trip to get there. We pulled in. We pulled in the Avenue of Flags, and um, I looked up and there were 70 flags flying in those in that Avenue, and on top of each hole, was a different flag, and it represented the flag of the nation of that many different people that were attending Oral Roberts University from 70-something different nations. That's and it crazy. was absolutely overwhelming, and I looked at this and I thought, hey, Soto, you know what? We're not in Little Newport anymore. We're <laughs> not, not Kansas. Not... No, we're not in Kansas or Newport. Uh, you know, uh, not only had I never met anybody from uh, Oklahoma, but um, uh, I'd never met anybody from um, uh, Portugal, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, funny and so, how
0: that and works. that was
3: exactly, <laughs> that, yeah, funny how that was And that's exactly what college is about. And and what that experience was is it was an international u- university, only eighteen hundred students, and it was an incredible experience for me to be there. And I was going to be a music major, and they had an incredible music department so on and so forth. But what we're talking about tonight was they canceled they canceled classes asked us all to come down to the maybe center. The maybe center was brand new, just built. It was an 11 to 12,000 seat palace. Okay, now, I got to remember you back in 71, all of the seats were theater seats, all cushioned, all perfect. It was amazing. And it was the showplace of the Midwest. And uh, we all went down there, was worried about who had passed away. What in the world was going on. And so um, President Roberts, uh, Oral Roberts, walked out, and we went, well, at least he's not there. And because uh, we had no idea why they'd canceled classes last year, the entire student body had come down, all 1,800 of us. We did, and he had a magazine in his hand. And what it was was it was the um, – um, oh, Lord, Wayne, help me out. It was the uh, Sports Illustrated. Sports
0: Illustrated, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was the Sports Illustrated, the, um, um, uh, the preseason, okay, Uh, a basketball um, uh, edition. And on the front page of it, saying the number one school in in NCAA was Oral Roberts University. And he uh, told us that, and we uh, about tore that new (laughs) arena down. You talk about dancing in the aisles. We went crazy. We had the number one scorer in the nation, um, Richard Fuquay, who was from Chattanooga. And uh, they were playing 2,000, 21 basketball in 1972-73, they take three dribbles past midcourt and jack, it, okay? <laughs> now, you got to remember, here's an old Tennessee board. Now, I'd gone to all of the Ray Mears camps. I'd been in an elementary school and in high school. I'd been in class with Stu Aberdeen. They taught the middle toughness. We'd gone out. I'd been raised up in, you know, an environment of you don't, you, you don't even look at the goal until you <laughs> pass the ball at least five or six times. And I'm standing out here at an ORU game, you know, uh, watching the Mighty Titans uh, play, which is what we were before we became the Golden Eagles. But anyway, and and they're jacking them from everywhere. The thing was is they went in, and it's always fun to win. Oh, yeah. And uh, had great crowds, and it was a great experience. And that year was the year that we went to Week 16. And you got to remember, we didn't have three-point line then, and we also didn't have a shot clock. And Tennessee was, I mean, Tennessee, um, um, ORU was leading this week 16 game. I don't remember who we were playing, but we were leading about 16 points. And I was in the symphonic choir, and we were on tour. And we were staying in people's homes. The people we were staying in um, were excited about letting us watch the game with them. And we just kept shooting and kept shooting. All we had to do was just hold the ball, and we were in the Elite Eight. And, but that wasn't the way we played, and that's not the way they play now. And the announcers were screaming and yelling, going, why are they shooting? Why are they shooting? For silver, we lost by two points uh, or so. And and it was a tragedy. They really, truly had a national championship quality basketball team that year. But they were who they were, and they came down, and they flat shot, and they scored in the 90s and 100s when people were still scoring 42 to 40, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And it was exciting. It was great basketball, and and I loved it, and it was a tremendous experience to be able to be there and uh, to be able to go through all that. It was a great time.
1: And, and I tell you, you know, so, so obviously with with those stories, this is an ORU's first first rodeo, and they're a they're a fairly consistent uh, NCAA tournament appearance kind of team. Uh, and, yes. and, and the more times you put put the ticket in the bucket, no pun intended to what we do here yep. at the pub, but uh, yep. the more times you put tickets in, the better chance you got to win. And so well, and days. it and it happens. And
3: here's the thing: basketball changed. And when basketball changed, uh, you um, uh, you know, uh, when the t- shot clock came in, and the three second came. I mean, the the, uh, three, uh, the the shot clock was put in, and the three point line put in, and and money, money became so infused into it uh, and all that it just absolutely forced ORU. Um, into being a mid-major, you know, and uh, I'm surprised that they were able to ever stay uh, to ever stay in the Division One that they didn't go down for a while. To Division Two, but they didn't. They stayed in Division One because that was such a big thing uh, to President Oral Roberts. And so, uh, but they struggled. They couldn't pay the salaries and stuff for the big-time coaches and uh, local basketball in the area. Um, uh, is what they had to depend on, and that was struggling a little bit. So anyway, um, they they went down, but they've obviously found a, a group core of players right now that uh, play the way they want to play, and they've got a, a marvelous man as a coach who's Christ-centered. He loves the Lord, and he's given them the right, you know, uh, uh, environment to play in. They love him, and I'm I'm really really um, uh, proud of them because they are. Doing what ORU is supposed to do, which is letting people know that it's great to be a Christian, that it's great. You don't have to give up everything in the world and walk around with a sheet over you or something, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, that you can enjoy life and go out and, and serve the Lord and still do great things in all uh, walks of life, you know, all walks of life. And that was, was my experience wow. as I was as there too. So um, um, go into every man's world was our thing. Uh, every man's world, and that meant music, sports, medicine, education, whatever it was, wherever they were in need, we were to go. Uh, but it, it, I, uh, it's been a great experience.
1: And, and I feel like, you know, where every man goes, there was a, a level of uh, every man in East Tennessee that uh, if, if they were to beat two teams, Ohio State and Florida couldn't have hit our big orange heartstrings. Uh, oh, oh,
3: buddy, is that not the truth? When I jumped on and and sang the, uh, I don't know how many hits it's got now, it got to 400 and something real fast. But when I went on and sang Bill or You Fight Song, which nobody in the world, you know, outside of Tulsa probably never heard. And it was great. And so many people, my former students jumped in, and they were excited, you know, for me also. But, yes, you you couldn't have hooked in um, uh, to have been a favorite son if Tennessee couldn't be in the NCAA, buddies. Um, then uh, ORU has done it by beating Ohio State. And, of course, oh, them Gators, them Gators. That was just yeah. the, uh, the, the greatest thing, you know, to be able to do it. I don't know how many students they've got now, maybe about 2,400, 26, something like that, possibly. But it was just 1,800 when I got there. And um, just um, it's, a, it's amazing to be able to go to a small school that has an international uh, faculty to get the education that you can get there and it's and and get for the price of what would be a a state school that was the thing I could have never afforded to have gone if it had been you know thousands upon thousands of dollars like most private schools and that was a great thing and and Oral Roberts was around at everything and and got to talk with him and so on and so forth and have close relationships with our uh, professors so it was a it was a tremendous experience to be able to be there and uh um, you know, a lot of cool things here with uh, uh, these uh, last two ballgames.
1: Well, uh, you know, I think by the way, Oral Roberts currently has thirty four hundred sixty two students. Just that.
3: Right. Great. All right, I'm glad to know because I hadn't checked in a in a long, long time, and so uh, so that um, I hadn't checked in a long time, so I didn't know.
1: Well, uh, by popular request, Mr. Jason Ward said he loved the video of you singing. You think you got it in you one more time? To oh, yeah, I've got, I've got it in me now. Everybody's got to
3: understand this now, okay? When I sing it, being an extensive boy like I am and when I sing it, I sing it with a ce- celebrative gusto, okay? It's it's a celebrative gusto, and um, uh, very much like where you are right now, if you were standing around celebrating a victory in a pub. Okay? Hey, we're,
1: we're in now, the it, pub. We fit, it, we fit yeah, the bill.
3: I know it. it. It's a very uh, a different fight song than most people have, and that's what's so wonderful about it, and it's fun to sing it and all. But I sing it in that style. And one thing, in the heart of the campus is a prayer center Okay, at ORU, and it has a big tower. And at that prayer center, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, people can call from all over the world if they have prayer needs. And oh, there's, wow. uh, there are counselors there answering day and night. And on top of that center is this humongous tower that has a flame up top. And we refer to it as the eternal flame. And hopefully we'll stay that way as long as we continue to pay the gas bill. And Don't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch. And so it goes all the time. And there's a reference to that in the song. So I just wanted everybody to understand what the eternal flame was. Okay? All right, folks. So here we go. Pat Mason style of are spot song you ready i'm gonna oh, drum roll are you oh are you oh are you oh, R-U, oh, holy spirit bless seeking out the best of the human trinity. are you oh are you oh are May your flames still burn at the Lord's return and on to eternity.
1: Amen. Amen. Hey, you know, uh, I think with that, we guys, we got to take a break. Oh, we got to yeah, get that out, out of here. That right there. <laughs> was Nice. Appreciate the, uh, the calling. Uh, again, Golden Eagles have an opportunity uh, to get on to the Elite Eight. Uh, the season is not over. So, again, Golden Eagles got more opportunities. Ahead of them for uh, for one one uh, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah. was a lot of good facts right there. I uh, enjoyed that. You are now the seasoned, the uh, Carson. You have you you can go to school yeah. tomorrow and tell everybody. That's right. Know? Yeah, I got the O. Yeah, you know the, uh, oh, I yeah, got the, we, you you know, now, we you, want
3: people to know that we didn't just hire. 10, 15, that yahoos come out there and play basketball and act like we have school <laughs> while we're faking everybody. This is a real place, yeah. and you can go there and attend there, and it's great. But, guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate
1: it. Hey, no, uh, no, uh, no problem at all. Appreciate the call. And, and in light of ORU and our big orange fandom, we will exit this break uh, with a little Rocky Top. Give it, give it on Woo! the flip side, and get both sides of it. But this segment brought to you by Smoky Mountain Axe House. Get out here! It's in New Midland Plaza, just a few doors down from where we sit right now. But you can uh, you can get all your axe-throwing needs. And, uh, again, a good time. They have it on the, on the wall. It says, Unleash the Flannel. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what does. But, uh, again, we will uh, exit the to Rocky Top, and then we'll take a quick break. You're listening to The Grind, live from the Party Pub, right here, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. you're looking for a place to unwind and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun, then slide on over to the Party Pub at their brand-new location in New Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The Party Pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends, watch that big-time fight, and catch that big orange game on one of the pub's 12 Big Time TV. The Party Pub's kitchen also has a jam-packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings, and believe me, it's all great-tasting food. call are welcome. Kitchen opens each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time and can't wait to see you. Again, check out their new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blunt County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good
4: time. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a silence. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic
0: Athletic Administrators Association.
5: Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa LeCroix with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot, and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa LeCroix, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa LeCroix appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa LeCroix with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table.
1: The grind on sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the grind time hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. From Blunt
3: County to all of Knoxville,
1: this is WKVL 850 AM and 100.9 FM Mariville Rocky Top Sports. from the website, it's a one-stop shop for everything to grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
5: The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maribel is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group where home ownership dreams become a reality.
0: Do you want to hear your business mentioned on this show? We can make
1: that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com.
0: We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind. On 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top
5: Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the Party Pub Studios here in New Midland Plaza, right off Calderwood, as we grind it out here on a Tuesday. Edition of the grind. Again, again, excited to be here at the Party Pub. Always appreciate Miss Lisa, Mister Brad, um, for letting us set up down here. But this segment, this next March Madness segment, going to be brought to you by J and J Lawn Services and Donna Cry Mortgage Investors Group uh, here in Maryville. Check her out online, Donnacry.com dot and also give her a call eight six five nine eight four nine nine four eight. She can deal with any kind of mortgage, like I said, FHA, VA, THDA and any other acronym you can come up with that has to do with lungs, so yeah. can't, she can make it happen. Uh, but uh, but guys, March Madness, we're down to the field of sixteen. Uh, Sweet sixteen is upon us. And if you ever wondered why this is a fan-driven show and not maybe uh, maybe expert-driven show, uh, is um, if you look at our brackets, uh, a little busted, is to say the least. Uh, luckily, I'm um, I run multiple brackets, so I kind of. Uh, uh, hinge my bets a little bit on certain games that I have, have some questions about. But your Sweet 16, as we as we head into the last 30 minutes uh, of the show, Gonzaga, uh, again, the overall number one seed still in it. Creighton, a five seed. Uh, we'll face Gonzaga there in the Sweet 16 matchup. USC and Oregon, a 6-7 matchup for, for a chance at an Elite Eight. Michigan, a one seed, taking on Florida State, a four mm-hmm. seed. That's kind of a progression that we expected. Uh, Number 11 seed UCLA, who played their way into this, by the way. Uh, They were one of the first four play-in games, beat Michigan State, and then continued to progress, uh, playing number two seeded Alabama. So, again, in the left side of the bracket, both one seed still in play. Um, If you look in the uh, south, I think it's the south bracket, uh, Baylor, the number one seed, will take on Villanova, the five seed. Uh, Arkansas, the three seed, will take on ORU. Uh, so, again, another opportunity for ORU to face a SEC team, a uh, different-looking SEC team, but one nonetheless. Uh, that is that bracket. And then in the bottom half of the bracket, Houston, the highest-ranked team in the Midwest, as uh, Illinois is out of this thing. And uh, Houston will take on Syracuse, the 11 seed, and then 12-seeded Oregon State, still in the mix, will take on 8-seeded the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago. So that's the 16 uh, left to play, but how they got there, uh, again, Gonzaga defeated Norfolk state, Oklahoma beat Missouri, but then lost to Gonzaga. Uh, and then I, I guess that would get a little muddy, but, uh, what, what games guys did it, did it really surprise you? I mean, I, of course we know the OR used the Loyolas, but what, what games are, what, what's surprising you in this, in this NCAA tournament?
2: I think, I think a lot of upsets here. Uh, I picked Ohio to beat Virginia. That was a big, big win for me. I thought they would have took took down Creighton in that uh, round of 32 game, but fell short, sadly, Ohio Wasn't did. It
1: was a pretty good game, though.
2: It was in the first half. Mm-hmm. Creighton beat them by, I think, I think it was like 14, 15, so a pretty the good win for say. Creighton. Yeah. If
1: you're a Creighton fan, by the way, TJ Maxx is loaded with <laughs> Creighton
2: stuff. <laughs> Are
1: they really? No idea why.
2: That's so odd. And uh, in the south, in the bottom south bracket, I think was huge, I think. Ohio State going down to Oral Roberts. I think that's a huge, huge uh, turn of events there. Oregon State, obviously a 12-seed making the Sweet 16. You look at Syracuse, they came out firing as soon as they woke up. I mean, they they came, into that, they came into that game, and they beat San Diego State, a 6-seed. Came over there and beat a uh, 3-seed in West Virginia, and now facing a 2-seed in
4: Houston, which I have
1: projected.
2: I think Syracuse is going to beat Houston. I think they're going... I think they're going to go to the um, Elite Eight.
1: See, I'm really high on Houston. I just like the way they play basketball. I, okay. I am too, but that that Houston versus Rutgers game, Rutgers won that game
2: and lost it.
1: So, so Chris and again, Jeff had to had to step out, but uh, but his big comment was is this bracket the seating is is somewhat suspect, mm-hmm. It's questionable. How they, you know, who people played. The non-conference didn't necessarily happen. Do you think this is so much of a seating issue, or is it one of those deals where people don't know? Uh, you know, when they're going to have this opportunity again, uh, based on the, the pandemic and different things. Is this two years coming for some of these teams to show what they can do?
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, being at all last year and getting to come back, you know, with that fifth year fifth year of eligibility for some players was big. I mean, you got a bunch of teams that use that to their advantage, bringing in, you know, fifth-year seniors to help out with a bunch of younger cores. Um, I think we we said it many times on air Miles Gonzaga, there was a lot of disparity. I mean, there was every other team. I think had about four to five losses with the next closest team. Uh, so, I mean, you get these small schools go out shoot great three point shots going up against big schools with better big men. But now you the big men are trying to guard out on the edge against better shooters. So it kind of balances it out, and that's the one thing I love about college basketball. And I mean, you look at some of the, the sixteen teams left. A lot of them were higher seeds, but you know, they're just coming in shooting lights out. I think I called it last week that I thought Syracuse was probably one of the better teams from the A C C that, you know, was coming in as an eleven seed, but they looked like they could go out and you know play above it. their means, yeah. I mean, they're going out shooting lights out. I think I read somewhere that they were shooting like fifty four percent
1: from three point line. I mean, that's just incredible.
2: And on uh, hey, the uh,
1: defense, they play. I was going to say, speaking of uh, shooting ability, Lady Vols currently with five forty-eight to go in the in the basketball game in the fourth quarter, uh, trail Michigan forty-two to fifty-four. So again, some work to be done here in, in the under six. So we had a comment earlier from Mister Ward. He's wanting to know who do you believe
2: out of two mid majors, or Roberts or Loyola Chicago, which one do you think has the best chance winning their next matchup? I think Loyola Chicago.
1: It's it's tough. It's tough because Arkansas at their best is a really good basketball team, and that's you know I'm always going to shy to the SEC. Uh, but and, and Sister Jean is a is a good luck charm unlike any other. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to ride the lightning. I'm going to go with ORU. I, I think I think what they're able to do and and how when they get to the free throw line they knock things down. I think they're uh, I think they're poised to do it. Now again, if Arkansas plays their best game. It's going to be tough to beat them, but I think if ORU continues their streak, uh, give me give me those Golden Eagles. I mean, I sound I felt the uh,
2: you know tenacity in that fight song earlier. You know, uh, I kind of made me want to run
1: through a wall, but uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't crying. You were crying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Talking about
1: Loyola Chicago, I saw a funny meme that
2: this morning saying the Chicago Bears offered uh, Sister Jean a contract to try to get their luck back up.
1: You know, the Bears have been down in the
2: pits lately,
1: right? But yeah, I they've think... been in the trape-skies. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But I mean, either one of them teams, I mean, in my opinion, Mr. Ward, uh, they're both great shooting teams.
1: I I think, and and no pun intended on the color scheme of the jerseys, but I think Oregon State's, uh, you know, chariot will turn to a pumpkin pretty soon, and so it wouldn't shock me if Loyola Chicago gets the win or Roberts maybe comes up just a touch short, but uh, I think Loyola has the easier road. I think Arkansas is a better team than Oregon State, but uh, it's just a... It's just yeah. a matter of I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Oral Roberts. I mean,
2: we've seen the better teams don't usually come out with the wins. It's the <laughs> ones that are uh, seems that it's the ones that are the most hot. I would I would probably go with Loyola Chicago. I think this team
5: all is around, saying it,
2: don't you? I love saying it, Loyola. Lo, Loyola Chicago. <laughs> and uh, I, I think for sure, I think they're a team that knocked off the ACC champs in Georgia Tech. Uh, be the team that most people had picked to win it all in Illinois.
1: Did you, by the way, no punning. no, I'm not trying to trash him. but did you see Josh Pastner, Georgia Tech's head coach at the game? No, I didn't. He looked like a dog catcher because he had like this really curly hair, long, and then he had like this uh, uh, makeshift face shield instead really? of a mask. I was like, I don't know if he was like trying to prevent a bee sting or or if he was coaching basketball. It was (laughs) was rough. You need to look it up. I'll I'll have to look that
2: up for sure. But I think Oregon State's hot too. I think Loyola Chicago might have a little bit of an issue there with Oregon State and their shooting ability. They can shoot lights out when they want to. But Loyola Chicago probably plays more as a team than I've seen in a long time. This team is really gelled together. And I think that really helps you in March Madness, like we even said, with the Grant Williams team.
1: Yeah, since that year when they played together and, and they played the and lost so <laughs> Hey, so who
2: do you think the number one seed
1: that might be knocked out next? I you
2: don't got Baylor think. versus Villanova, you got I I really like I've caught it a couple weeks ago too, Florida State. I mean, they're just been playing incredible They're big man. they got a lot of length,
1: they got a lot of You're, saying the, you're saying the next one to get knocked out or the, the one to advance?
2: I think the next one to get
1: knocked out. I I'm thinking Michigan, that's I'm the one I'm leaning toward. I'm going Baylor. And the reason I am is because I think Michigan got their bell rung by LSU. I think they kind of tuned their, their – they're kind of tuned their self up a little bit with LSU, playing that physical brand. And Jay Wright knows how to get them right. So, I, I go with Villanova. I mean – Michigan, did. they're saying their uh, star player,
2: Livers, was probably going to be out for the next couple of games, too. He's out for Art, the rest of the tournament, he's and the he's the best player. Star the,
1: player, Livers. Yeah. He
2: was one of the best players in the Big Ten. He's yeah, I mean, averaging 16 points a game. And that that's hard. where I stopped myself from picking Michigan. Now, they would have been one of my top teams to pick uh, in my bracket. I think I uh, – let's see who I had here. I, I know I didn't have him going to the Final Four. Uh, I, I just didn't. I didn't see the, any any team to be able to – them to be able to keep riding through, especially yeah. the way they were playing inconsistent in the Big, Tells, Big Ten championship. A lot, I mean, a lot of locals.
1: A lot of local people have Alabama coming out of that bracket, so it's it's hard to get them. Well, to the final I final have game. Alabama winning it. So <laughs> that away, look at him, little I Jammer. Over I there. don't like Alabama at all. So oh wow, it. I think wow. I got them knocked out before the last game. Yeah, so we'll, that won't happen. So well, I'm like halfway down the list. About 18, 18 minutes. By the way, I have two brackets. Wayne's winners is uh, in the three. In the three holes, so uh, making my way on that one. But uh, let's pick some games. I mean, got Sweet Sixteen getting to eight this weekend, so we, we kind of need to talk about that. Gonzaga and Creighton again, a one to five matchup. Gonzaga, a lot of people say they don't play anybody, uh, looking for a uh, for a stellar record uh, moving through this bracket. Uh, Gonzaga has shown well in the first two rounds. Do they keep it up, or do the Blue Jays send the Zags packing? No, I
2: think Gonzaga handles business pretty easily. Uh, I think we've seen in the past, Villanova doesn't play anybody, but they still make the championship and sometimes win it. So, <laughs> uh, and this Gonzaga, Gonzaga team has gotten, I'd say, two for sure players that are first round picks uh, Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert. Uh, Corey Kispert, a top four um, player here that is going to, or a top four Naismiths player of the year. Yeah. This team is talented and I know a lot of people rock on them and I even I did. I didn't expect them. I actually had them I had them getting beat here in the Elite Eight. Um, but not to Creighton. But not to Creighton. It was uh, <laughs> it would have been to um, – Who yeah. was, who else was coming out of that bracket? I gotta pull up my
1: bracket here. Would it have been you said you had Ohio winning, so it well, probably would have been them. Wouldn't it, have been Oklahoma. It would have been losing Oklahoma. Uh
2: no, because I had I had Missouri coming out of there. I'm just pulling out my bracket here. So I had. Let's see, they're on the other side. Oh, I had Iowa beating them. Uh, Iowa, Iowa, and the Elite Eight beating them, uh, which was the team that I thought was going to make it farther than Oregon. But, anyways, yeah, I think Gonzaga is going to handle business. They should be fine, uh, especially so, after the last one. Going with the Zags. What What do you got, Chris? I mean, I think I've, I got Gonzaga winning it all. I think they're the most uh, complete team. I mean, they're eight D. They got their eight best player can come in and put up fifteen points a game for them. So unless they just have one of them cold shooting games, I don't see anybody losing or beating uh, Gonzaga. That's, yeah, that's where I think the only. That's why I picked Alabama.
1: Alabama is the only yeah. team that can really compete with them with the shooting ability. Was well, and, and I've got Gonzaga winning it all too. So I just kind of let that be the pick. But to me, on that side of the bracket before the championship game, there's only two teams that compete. That's Michigan. That's Alabama. So, so we'll see how that lines up as uh, as the bracket breaks down. The next one, a six-seven matchup for a chance to be in the Elite Eight. USC, uh, a little bit of a little bit of shocker here, taking on Oregon uh, again. Oregon had the uh, the pass, the free pass in the first round uh, because of VCU's COVID protocol, and then uh, really shown themselves well in the second round. USC uh, not expected to be here, but uh, but making some noise nonetheless. Uh, who you got in this one, Chris? Um, I really like Oregon. I think you know, not
2: getting to play that first game, having fresh legs, really helped them. But the way they play, they're just a uh, very linky players. They got like, six or seven, or I think I read somewhere, six of their ten ten players are at least six four, six five or higher. So I mean, that kind of link will go good against somebody like USC, who only has like I think three players down low. So you get them in foul trouble early I can see Oregon pulling away again
1: uh, I you know I like the Ducks as well I'm gonna go with fresh legs kind of like Chris was saying I, I think not playing against VCU is setting them up really well uh, to be able to play an up-tempo brand of basketball that not a lot of people is going to be able to keep up with and just looking at the way you, USC likes to play uh, that's not really their game so I'm going to go with the Ducks what you got
2: um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Oregon. I think they're hot right now, especially beating a team like Iowa with a with a player on that team that is in, insane. Back to back, you know, could be a player of the year again. I don't know. I, I think Oregon wins this game, and I, I think USC's got a lot to prove. Remember, these are both Pac-12 teams this season. Yeah. USC did get the better of Oregon um, in in this season, which was a 72-58 loss. Oh wow! So it, it's something where Oregon maybe watches that film, maybe sees what they missed there. But I think Oregon beat Iowa. They looked really good. Uh, I would have loved to see Oregon play VCU, though. Um, but, yeah, I would. I, I think Oregon's
1: going to win that game. The next game on the docket, another number one seed taken on Florida State. The four seed, uh, again, a matchup of Big Ten ACC basketball. Uh, Michigan, a little bit of a scare. I don't want to say a scare. They, they, they took care of business in the second half against LSU. But I felt like LSU uh, kind of – Kind of played with them there in the, in the first half. FSU made their way uh, to this matchup with wins over uh, UNC Greensboro and then Colorado, a good Colorado team, uh, to get to this matchup. Uh, who do you got uh, taking this one, Carson? And again, we'll have to kind of have to tune up just a yeah, little bit. Yeah. We got to get our last draw. Uh,
2: I'd probably go. Uh, I'd probably go Michigan here.
1: We got Chris. I already said I'm going with Florida State. Florida State, going with the Seminoles. The Free, Seminole. Sho- Free shoes, University. Going Incredible. with FSU. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take Michigan. I think what they uh, were able to show their resiliency against LSU. I like, I like them to to earn the opportunity to take on the SEC champs. And then brings that to the last, uh, the last game on the left side of the bracket. UCLA, the play in uh, wonder here, a perennial most years. Uh, again, falling on hard times lately. But UCLA takes on the SEC regular season and tournament champs, Alabama. Alabama shooting the world. I think they made 16 threes uh, in their second-round yeah. game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide. I, I just think uh, what, what Nate Oates does and the tenacity that he coaches with, uh, it oozes on to the, to the hardwood and, and his team plays for him. What you got, Chris? Around the bowl, down the hole. Rammer, jammer, yeller, hammer. Is that what you're I'm saying? going UCLA. Give me the Bruins. Are
2: you really? Yeah, I hate. I I can't stand. Oh, it, give Lord. me the Bruins. That and they got to take a loss. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? What you got, Carson? Roll, roll Tide, roll. Keep going. And uh, they're going to go all the way to the championship here. Uh, I think that's going to happen. I think this shooting team is insane. Uh, that's why I haven't picked. It's going to be a championship between them. And I think the uh, or
1: it will have to be a final four game between Gonzaga and Alabama. Could be a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, on the right side of the bracket, Baylor Villanova. Again, that's Baylor a one seed versus Jay Wright and Villanova. I, to me, I'm just I'm really high on Jay Wright. I think Baylor's the next one seed to go down. Uh, give me Villanova. Give me Jay Wright. I should pick Villanova uh, to make it that far. I mean, I think like you said, Jay
2: Wright just seems to have that intangible every time when it gets to tournament time. They can get
1: them, they right.
2: their teams ready to go. Boy, no. I have Baylor over Villa, or I had Baylor over Purdue in this game. But I think I agree with you guys. I think Villanova is going to knock off Baylor. I think Baylor's been too inconsistent
1: this year. Lately. Yeah, and I think as of late. Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. They, uh, You know, you can only play so many close games before all of a sudden the snake will bite you. I think that snake looks like Villanova. Uh, the next one, Arkansas, the three seed, will take on the Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts, uh, a game that uh, could be uh, an opportunity for Oral Roberts to make their deepest run in the ncaa tournament uh arkansas the three seed out of the sec again i say maybe the second best conference in college basketball this season chris who you got
2: well i really like your father-in-law and i'm going to stay in good graces with him so give me oral Roberts. give the o-r-u what about Uh, i would i would go oral Roberts here and i I think they're a fun team to watch they're very impressive for the way they played this year but i gotta go arkansas i think arkansas has got Way too much talent on that on that starting five, and I think it might be a little too much to handle over this War Roberts team.
1: See, I uh, you know I'm I'm, I'm a little at a, at a at a loss because Jason asked who who has the better shot of the Cinderellas, and I picked ORU. And I and I do have to go home because my father-in-law's in my house right now <laughs> and see him. But here's what I'm gonna say: I'm gonna say all good things can be remembered for being great for a reason. They're in the Sweet 16. I think they play Arkansas tooth and nail, play them off their feet. Uh, but I think, what, what, uh, I think Coach Musselman, I think, his yep. name. So I think what he does and the, the way he's going to be able to dissect these last two games. Because ORU does a lot of good things. But, again, they, they have some deficiencies at post and, and different things. So, I think Arkansas gets the win and moves on in, into the Elite Eight. Uh, Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers, the fighting sister Jeans take on Oregon State, an 8-12 matchup. And, uh, again, we're going to have to go shotgun style. I'm going to take Loyola Chicago. I'm going to take the Ramblers there. I know that completely goes against what I said earlier in the show, but I just – I'm feeling it. Sister Jean has told me, and she's 101, and they're going to play uh, to make sure that uh, that her trip to Indianapolis is worth it. Give me the Ramblers of Loyola. What about it, Carson? I think
2: Loyola Chicago, no doubt. I think they take this one. I'm taking the beavers They're hot at the right mm. time. Going with the
1: beeves. The That's B- going to be a close one, no matter what, for sure. Though I think so. The next one I don't see as being very close, but uh, you guys may have a different take on it. A two-seeded Houston team uh, versus the eleven-seeded Syracuse. I, uh, I I like Houston. I like the way they play on both ends of the floor. Kelvin Sampson and what he's able to bring from a physical standpoint to the to the AAC. I like uh, I like Houston's brand of basketball, and I feel like with the one seed gone in that bracket. It's Houston's bracket to get to a Final Four. Give me the Cougars uh, to move forward to the Elite Eight. What well, you got, Chris? I'd say yo, I'm going with Houston, too. I mean, they've just been shooting lights out
2: from three-pointer, and that there's one thing that can beat Jim Bay- uh zone defense that's great shooting. Yeah, Absolutely. What about it, Chris? Give me Buddy Bayheim and then Syracuse Orange, baby. Yeah. This Syracuse team right here.
1: This this right impressive. here. This this game right and here.
2: And you guys are doubting this Syracuse team. This Houston team. Bat lost the Rutgers team, which Rutgers should be playing right now.
1: I just don't like Jim Bayon. And look, Google I'm all that. I'm
2: all for I'm all for that. But this Syracuse team is going to take that win. I'm going to tell you.
1: I'm telling you, they're going to take that win. We shall see. Again, the first two rounds showed why uh, why we talk at this table and we don't talk on that TV. But uh, but anyway, nonetheless, uh, it is a scenario that uh, that's why it's March Madness. Things happen. And that's what we're we're here to talk about. But we'll be back, of course, next Tuesday to talk it all. But a uh, little update: Tennessee now trailing fifty nine forty eight with a minute nine seconds to go. Looks like the Lady Vols will come just short uh, of uh, of their opportunity uh, to move on in the NCAA tournament. A good run, uh, a good uh, good first game against Middle Tennessee. But looks like Michigan has shot the lights out, and Tennessee has uh, has had a hard time scoring uh, in this matchup. But uh, uh, hats off for a good season. Uh, three-seed is nothing too shabby, and uh, it looks like uh, unless the next 52 seconds now uh, changes the world, uh, Tennessee's going to fall here in the second round.
2: Yeah, sadly, it was a good season for them, though, I think especially first-year coach. Um, the season's still got a three-seed, so.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. But, uh, but Carson, I'm going to let you get the uh, drawing bucket. We've got to get uh, our last drawing winner here. But uh, this segment right here was brought to you by J&J Lawn Services and uh, Donna Cry and Mortgage Investors Group here in Maryville. Donna Cry, first and foremost, is, uh, is a uh, day one starter here uh, for The Grind. She's been with us since day one. Check her out if you need a mortgage. Uh, again, 865-984-9948 is her phone number, donnacry.com. You can check her out or just visit her here in the Maryville office. But uh, uh, she, also, J&J Lawn Services, my buddy James Butler he does everything: Mulch, mulching, uh, leaf removal, uh, irrigation. There's, there's really nothing he won't do. Uh, so get out, check him out, and uh, and get your stuff right today. But uh, what we got here? We did you popcorn it? I, did, I popcorn it.
2: Like is that a thing? That's a thing. It is gets like,
1: them all jumbled up. It's a random drawing right here. Random. All right. And when there is, he went deep right then. He, he checked it out. Trina Troutman. Trina Troutman is the winner. Chris, uh, see if we can get Miss Troutman out here. She has won a Grand Swag Pack that has uh, a t shirt, uh, wristbands. I think it has uh, uh, some East Tennessee Beef Jerky Company uh, in it, as well as uh, it will have a Crest Bowling Lanes uh, gift card in the bottom of the bag. So, again, find Miss Trina Troutman. Uh, but, guys, Uh, it's, it's Tuesday. We got about four minutes to go till the top of the hour. Uh, it is, it's, it's another two hours in the books, but, uh, March madness, Tennessee football, getting the spring practice underway. But, uh, you know, we're just excited, uh, to, to be able to kind of come out here and grind it out and, uh, and talk with the, (laughs) and, and people who have yet to to get the grind swipe are very interested in doing so. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh. Let's go ahead and throw that in that right, uh, cool. drawstring back there. But, uh, but again, thanks to Brad and Lisa here at the Party Pub for letting us come down here, grind it out for a couple hours, talk sports, and be excited about what the next week's going to look like. But our sponsors here, the Party Pub, check us out here 5 to 7 on Tuesdays, but right after we go off the air, ladies' night here from the pub. Thursdays and Saturdays, dart tournaments, and then Friday and Saturday, karaoke here from the Party Pub. Check them out on South Calderwood Street. Here in Alcoa, right here in New Midland Plaza. Call them. Get some call-in food. Uh, Carson can uh, surely vouch oh, for yeah. that. that. was a, It's been nice. 984-4251. Or check them out online, MaryvillePub.com. Donna Cry Mortgage Investors Group here in Maryville. Again, Donna crycom and 865-984-9948. Uh, Tressa Lequire, Realty Executives. Kitchen table to the closing table. You can give her a call, 865 865- Two two one fifty six ten, Smoky Mountain Axe House, Tim Fry and Company. Uh, again, great local business and a member of the World Axe Throwing League. Do we have a uh, pinch hit? Not here, Trina Trina Troutman. Not not a winner uh, because got to be present to win. So we're gonna have a uh, a uh, a bracketed challenge. I think in March Madness you got to have a little bracket, right? Who we got? Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, Perky is the last name. Bridget Perky. She here. Oh, going to round three. This is the sweet 16 round for those keeping, keeping tuned. J (laughs) and J &J lawn services, uh, residential and commercial licensed and insured. Give my buddy, James Tracy. Hey, look, we got a winner, winner right here in front of us. And she has been pining for this grind swag pack. So we are excited uh, to give her the grind swag. (laughs) She's a Kyle bush fan. And again, that's really the only thing we've, uh, we've disagreed on all evening, Uh, but we will, uh, we will. You can say, Oh, you can say it here. See, (laughs) See? and, uh, and you know what? And we can still get along. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's, It's the meaning of the grind, but you know, Congratulations to Miss Tracy. Congratulations to uh, to our first winner here tonight, uh, Vicky Pilgrim. Uh, both winners here at the Grind Time Swag Pack, and uh, again, again, gift come. card to, to uh, Texas Roadhouse. But hey, let's sign off here again, Mr. Chris Hipps, Carson Crouch. We will, uh, of course, be back next week. But it's been fun, sure. and March Madness is ongoing. But hey, for Chris Hips and Carson Crouch, I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you've listened to the Tuesday edition of the Grind. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.